0: We turn to Acts chapter seven. Acts chapter seven. The Lord had has raised up Stephen. We look last week. He was a faithful man. He was full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit. And as he stood before those self-righteous Pharisees, that synagogue of the Libertines, they were not able to withstand what he said, the message he preached. And now, in verse, I mean, chapter seven, we have his the message, the last message he preached. And there's 60 some verses in this chapter. I think it's ironic that our Lord records this and he does this on purpose. It's like his whole, the whole manuscript of his sermon is recorded for our, our benefit. See, what they accused Stephen of was blaspheming. They said he blasphemed against the law, he blasphemed against Moses and against the temple and against that place. And he's going to show in this sermon how God raised up the nation. He brings them basically through their history, and he starts back at Abraham. That's why I read what I read there in Hebrews about Abraham. There's more said there about Abraham than Noah or Abel or Enoch or any of the rest of them. Because Abraham's like the man of faith. He believed God. He trusted God. He rested upon the promises of God. And even... What we see fulfilled in this book is the fulfillment of, of, of God's promises. He said he's going to send the promise of the Holy Spirit, and he did. And he's going to take the gospel into all the world. That's why he, that's why he raised up Abraham. That's why he gave him Isaac. That, it, that in him, all the world would be blessed. And that's not fulfilled until Christ come. Now the gospel is being taken to all the world. Now just to the Jews but also to the Gentiles. And me personally, we'll we'll see that Paul was consenting at the end. It ends in his death. Someone said it's a sermon that ended in a man's death. It cost him his life, the message he preached. They will stone him to death, and Paul's standing there witnessing it. And I believe the Lord uses that to convict that man and eventually give that man life and chose him to be the 12th. Apostle. So we, let's look at verses 1 through 8. Then said the high priest, Are these things so? And he said, Men, brethren, and fathers, hearken. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Charon. And God said unto him, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and come into the land which I will show thee. And he came out of the land of the Chaldeans, and dwelt in Charon. And from thence, when his father was dead, he removed him into the land wherein you now dwell. And he gave him none inheritance in it, no, not so much as to set his foot on. Yet he promised him that he would give to him for a possession and to his seed after him, when as yet he didn't even have any children. And God spake on this wise, that his seed should should sojourn in a strange land, that they should bring them into bondage and entreat them evil four hundred years, and the nation to whom they shall be in bondage will I judge, said God, and after that shall they come forth and serve me in this place. And he gave them the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham begat Isaac and circumcised him the eighth day, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat the twelve patriarchs. Stephen has told them that Jesus Christ has fulfilled all those scriptures. He has fulfilled the law. He didn't come to destroy the law, he came to fulfill it. All those promises that he gave to Abraham are found in Christ. He believed God. He, tr- he said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. That's what our Lord said. He did see it. How did he see it? By faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. He has fulfilled all these things. And by doing that, he has done away with all those carnal ordinances. They've been fulfilled They've been put aside, and they don't want to turn loose to these things. They, they put their faith just in those ceremonies. They just put their faith in, the, in a physical ceremony, uh, in a physical circumcision. And we're going to see, you know when God called Abraham? Not after he was circumcised, before he was circumcised. He was the first Gentile that was saved. And this was not till after Isaac was born. And Ishmael's 13 years old before Isaac's ever born. And when Isaac's born, he circumcises himself, Isaac, Ishmael, and his whole household. God gave it to him for a reason. And what is that picture? It pictures us, our hearts being circumcised by faith in Christ. That's how all these things are fulfilled. And that's what he declares to these people. That's what they didn't understand. That's what they could not comprehend. And that's why they said he's blaspheming. No, he's not. He's telling them the truth. They just didn't like what they heard. Our Lord told this woman in Samaria, you worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. What did he say that made them so mad, so angry? He just showed them from the scriptures. This man knew the scriptures. He was not just full of the Holy Spirit. He knew these things. I see him, he's not standing there holding a Bible. The privilege that we have. I read to you from Hebrews what our Lord said. I don't think he had the scriptures, he, but he did have them. He told them because he knew the scriptures. He knew what they said, and he knew what they meant. And he's telling these people, and he begins with Abraham. All these people knew who Abraham was. Because they told our Lord many times, we'd be Abraham's children. We've never been in bondage. He said, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Most of these men would tolerate and compromise with one another. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they couldn't get along. One believed in the resurrection and the Sadducees didn't. But they could compromise to get along just for numbers, just for numbers sake. But they can't compromise with this. They can't. All through this sermon, Stephen sets forth the truth of God's absolute sovereignty in everything. And he begins with Abraham. Stephen's going to show them that everything that happened in the Old Testament history pointed to one person. It pointed to Christ, and they didn't see it. And, you know, you talked to me today, and when I can tell you, when I was in religion, I didn't know this. Most people say, well, I don't see Christ in the Old Testament. <laughs> you have to be blind not to, really. And that's, that's not being trying to be funny or, or, or anything. That's just the truth. You he see him in all the types and periods. You can see him in Abraham. You can see him when Abraham offers up Isaac. You can see him when he promised Abraham, when he called Abraham. Why did he call Abraham? Because he pleased to do so. I want to show you. Turn back to Genesis chapter 11. He showed them from the scriptures that they knew the scriptures that God gradually unfolds and accomplishes his purpose of grace and redemption in providence. Everything that happened, happened on purpose. It was by God's good providence these people were gathered here to hear Stephen preach. God gathered them here. And he addresses these men. So in Genesis chapter 11, verse 27, I want you to see this. Now he's just got through giving the lineage of Noah's three sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. God chose Shem through whom Jesus Christ would be born. Not Ham, not Japheth, Shem. And then it goes on down through and it shows the descendants of Shem till it comes to a man named Terah, who is Abraham's father. Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abram. This was his Gentile name, his unconverted name, before the Lord changed it to Abraham. He had three sons, Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran begat Lot. That was Lot's father, and Haran died before the Lord. Terah in the land of his nativity in Ur of the Chaldees. I did a little research. Ur of the Chaldees. The, we think of some backward country. Oh no, this was a, po- a popular country, a prosperous country. They lived on the, the side of the river, so they had a they had a, a big trade route, and these people lived in. Real nice houses. But they worshiped false gods and some believed historians say that something happened to Haran or yes, I mean Terra, which one Haran died before the Lord. That what happened to Haran was had something to do with their false sacrifices. But something about, you know, when they offer up animals or whatever, humans or whatever, was something happened through that, and he died before his father. His father witnessed it. His father made idols and his father sold idols. His father could have got rich by making idols. That's where Abraham lived. He's not some, he's a very self-righteous religious man, and he's 70 years old before God calls him. But look where he lives. He lives among heathens. Consider the pit from which you were dug. That's what Stephen telling these people. Do you not remember where you come from? He dwelt in Ur of the Chaldees. And Abram and Nahor took wives. The same, the name of Abram's wife was Sarah, and the name of Nahor's wife was Micah. And the daughter of Haran, the elder of Mecca, and the father of Ish. But Sarah was barren, and she had no children. And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarah his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came into Iran, and they dwelt there. Well, what happened to uh, Nahor? You remember when Abraham sent for a, a bride for Isaac? You know whose household that was? Nahor's. Because, let me see, um, when the servant asked Rebekah, Whose daughter are you? And she said unto him, I'm the daughter of Bethiel, the son of Mekor, which she bare unto Nahor. So it was Rachel and Rebekah both were of that lineage. But God, Nahor died before his father, and now Terah is going to take Abraham and Lot and Sarah, and they're going to leave Ur of the Chaldees, and they're going to Canaan. But God told him to leave his household. I could see Terah say, okay, he may have paid for the whole trip. And they come to, it was a place called Haran, and they dwelt there. Haran is a place, I think it was Gil said, it's it's a place that's halfway to Canaan. Almost in the kingdom of God, almost thou believest God. Felix trembled. Agrippa said, almost you persuade me to be a Christian. He went halfway like uh, Ruth's sister-in-law, and she died there. He died there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terra died in Haram. He never made it to Canaan. He never made it to the land of promise. Some said that they lived there for five years, and then he died. Now, verse 12, Now chapter 12, verse 1. and the Lord said unto Abram get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing before I read on I wonder how long Abraham would have stayed if if his daddy hadn't died now they leave I didn't tell him to go halfway. God told him to go to Canaan. I could see maybe Terry influenced his decision. Well, we can stay right here. That ain't what God told him to do. God said, you go to a place that I'm going to show you. It's like Abraham and Terry I'm telling Sarah, we're going to leave. When we, where are we going? Uh, uh, to the land of Canaan. What are we going to do when we get there? I'm not really sure. How are we going to get there? I'm not really sure. He said, I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And we know how that is. It's in by Christ. And Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he had departed out of Haran. And some believe he was seventy when he called him, and now he's seventy-five. He's not a young man. He's an old idolater is what he is. That's, what, that's how he's been raised. That's what he's watched. He even saw his brother die. Saw it, witnessed it to false gods. We still see that happen. People are sacrificed to false gods. Bow down to them, worship them. That was Abraham. And Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother-in-law, and all their substance that they had gathered, in the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came, and Abraham passed through the land into the place of Shechem and to the plain of Moriah, and the Canaanites were then in the land, and the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. So he didn't work to earn it. It was given to him, and now they want to think that they got they have a real privilege to this land. They said, he's speaking blaspheming against it. That land pictured Christ, who is the promise. Behold, he built an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him, and he removed from thence into a mountain on the east of Bethel, and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west, and Ai on the east, and there built he an altar unto the Lord, and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abraham journeyed on still toward the south. What I want you to see, God called him out of, Ur of the Chaldees. It'd be like God calling him out of Charleston, the city where you could have anything you want. I mean, you can drive up the streets, you can go to Sam's or you can go to Lowe's, you, about anything you want, you can get about any restaurant you want. You don't have to drive far to some little town out in nowhere. And you, you lived in a pretty nice house down here. You had all, some believe they had even indoor plumbing. I mean, this was a refined country. And Sarah, you're going to live in a tent. You're going to live in a tent? And me, I think personally, I think that's why Lot wanted to go to Sodom. I think it was his wife says, I'm tired of living in a tent. I want to live in a nice house. I want to see what that's like down there. And we know what it cost him. But that's what Abraham left when God called him. And when he called him, he came out. He didn't, he didn't argue with him. He believed him. It would take faith to leave all that and to see your father die and your brother die. I'm going to Canaan. Why? That's what God told me to do. That's what God told me to do. He said there in verse 4, Back in Acts chapter seven. He came into the land of the Chaldees and dwelt in Karen and from thence when his father was dead, God moved him, removed him into the land wherein you now dwell. Who moved him? God did. God's leading him. God never forsaken. God told him he said, You come out of your father's house. But we can see it. You know, we like it'd be hard to leave your daddy. It would be hard to leave your family. But he did. He looked for a city who hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Think about this. He believed God. He believed God. God didn't give him all the land at one time, he gave it to him by promise. We read, he said he didn't even have a place to put his foot on only thing I know that he owned was that piece of property. He, brought, he bought him a, gra- a, a grave plots, what he bought, to bury Sarah in. They buried Leah, and Ra- Leah- Rachel was never buried. She was buried by the side of the road because he couldn't get her to that cave. He bought it. He purchased it and never owned a piece of property. Pulled up his tent, and he would said, he dwelt in tents with Abraham and Isaac, those that were heirs with him of the promise. Those men, what? They lived in tents. Why were they saying? They were strangers and pilgrims in this world. We're just passing through. That's all I need in this world is a tent. You know what you live in? A tent. And one day that tent's going to fold up. You won't need it anymore. That's how you move and live in this world And is in that tent. One day you won't need it anymore, and he's going to fold it up, and he'll take you home. That's what he did to Abraham. But these people missed it. That Stephen's preaching to they they forgot this. And Abraham and Sarah didn't have a child for many years. Like I said, Ishmael was thirteen years old. Abraham was 99 before Isaac's ever born. That's almost 24 years. From the time he leaves and comes to Canaan. How do you live? Believe the Lord. Except when he went in with Hagar, which was Sarah's plan, said, I think this will work. We know how that worked out. He was a stranger in that land. God gave him no inheritance in it, not so much as to set his foot on. He was in a strange country. Then it says, "His descendants." God told him that your descendants will be in bondage for four hundred years. Why would God, in providence, do that? You read, you read about the descendants of Esau. They were the dukes. They were the the elites. They had everything. They they lived in the fineries and. What's Jacob doing? What's the descendants of Abraham doing? they living in Egypt. And, they, and there's, a Joseph, there's a Pharaoh that's rose, raised up who didn't know Joseph. And they put him into bondage, into slavery for 400 years. But God told Abraham, when the iniquity of the Amorites is full, I'm going to bring them out. Well, how did he bring them out? He raised up a man named Moses. What's the picture there? God delivering his people. See, they didn't see this. They didn't see these things. They didn't see Christ. And that's what makes men mad. They hate Christ. They hate that he chose Abraham. Why did he choose Abraham? Out of all the sons, why did he choose Abraham? Why, out of all the descendants of Shem, why did he choose Terah's household? Because he chose Abraham. And he called him, and Abraham left. Abraham believed God. He didn't believe God perfectly. We know that and we don't either. But he believed him. And then he must wander in the wilderness, the children of Israel for another 40 years. But God took care of them. Known unto God are all his works. When Abraham had neither inheritance nor heir, yet he was promised to have both land, and a child. I love that where Abraham's faith is revealed when uh, him and Lot can't get along because there's too many cattle. There's not enough land for both herds. And Abraham says, Lot, you just pick whichever one you want and I'll take what's left. On the grace could do that. And I can see it says Lot looked out, and he looked out on those great, those great watered plains, and I could see the, the lush grass, and he'd say, Boy, that'd be a good place, Danny, to, to raise some cattle. Everything, and then, boy, I could raise some big ones. And that's where he went. And then when Ab- when Lot left, God said to Abraham, You see it all, Abraham. It's all yours. <laughs> It's all yours. It's everything's in Christ. And I do give it to him I promise. And he believed him. He believed him. Though God's children may be at times in great trouble, yet in time God will rescue his children. And you think they knew these things. They knew about Abraham but they didn't see the the fulfillment. They didn't see the providence of God in all these things. Why did this happen? Why why did he give them this system of worship, pictures and type? Why did he give them that? To bring them to Christ. They were were done away with. We don't need those things anymore. Now we have Christ who has come. The nations, it said there in verse 7, The nations to whom they shall be in bondage will I judge. Did he judge them? Well, sure he did. He said, I'll bless them that bless you, and I'll curse them that curse you. And you know what he said about, remember what he said about Israel? Remember what he told Pharaoh? He said, you've touched the apple of my eye. He said, you've touched my firstborn." When you've touched my children, when you touch mine elect, you think God doesn't see that? You don't think God won't judge it? Yeah, he'll judge it. Don't you think? He judged Israel. He judged them in Stephen's day. Read on over in Romans chapter 11 where their eyes was blind and they could not see. They rejected him. They said, we don't want this king to reign over us. And he said, okay, I'll leave you alone. Give them over to judicial blindness and hardness of heart. They become reprobates. It takes a pretty mean person to get so angry, so angry at God and God's messengers that they would stone him and nothing more for a man telling them the truth. The truth. He said, will I judge? And after I judged them, did he judge Pharaoh? Oh, sure he did. Did he judge those nations in Canaan? Well, sure he did. Seven nations greater than you. I'm going to drive out every one of them. The iniquity of the Amorites is full. I've had it up to here with them. They've, They've dwelt there long enough, and I'm going to give it to Abraham. I promised it to him. He will judge those nations. They were keeping his people under the bondage. And you know what was happening when Stephen was preaching? Those people were keeping God's people in bondage under the law. And that's what men, either it's of grace or it's of works. And everybody that believes in works takes the law of God and beats men over the head with it and keeps them in bondage. And they will be judged. He said, I'll send you strong delusions that you'll believe a lie. They may be damned who believe not the gospel. And he'll set his children free. But that's what they do. And they don't like to be told that. I don't like that. I like working for my salvation. They call it grace, but it's nothing more than disgrace. Now, watch this in verse eight. And God gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision. Abraham didn't just one day come up with this. Like I said, he's he's a Gentile. He's when God called him, he wasn't circumcised. He was for many years, and now they want to trust in their circumcision. Circumcision was the covenant with Abraham made with Christ our surety before the world was ever made. You know how he referred to the nations of the Philistines and all those nations? Uncircumcised nations. That's how were described. God made a distinction between his people and the people of this world. They were his. That's why when Paul preached the gospel at Galatia, and these people from Judah go over to Galatia, and you know what they tell these people? Oh, you Gentiles, you believe Christ, but unless you're circumcised, you can't be saved. That's what they were telling them. Unless you're baptized, you can't be saved. Unless you do this, you can't be saved. And what that is, that's bondage. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Conversion is a picture of the regeneration of God's grace, God's elect, by the Spirit of God, by which he separates his own elect from the rest of the world and seals their hearts with all the blessings of the covenant of grace. When he preached to these proud, they were proud. They were proud. They kept saying, we be the sons of Abraham. We we worship Moses. That's fulfilled itself. Moses said, a prophet like unto me will God raise up. That's Christ. You know what Stephen tells them in this sermon? You know what we're going to see? Look over to verse 51. Here's what he tells them. You stiff neck. And uncircumcised in heart and ear, you do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did. So do you. That's the way they did in the Old Testament. Let us go back to Egypt. Oh, Aaron, we don't, where's Moses at? He, we don't know what's happened to Moses. Make us a golden calf. Make us an idol to worship. You know what Stephen said? You're just like your fathers. You're just like your fathers. You're children of your fathers. You're stiff-necked. And you're uncircumcised in heart and ear. And it got so mad. They said they, they shut their ears and they rushed on him and killed him. Why? For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit. And we rejoice in Christ Jesus. And we have no confidence in the flesh. All his children are circumcised. Not the circumcision made with hands but the circumcision of the heart. He said, that's my children. That's what that was a picture of. They didn't see it. They believed in it. They would just look into a physical. They would just look into the ceremonies. And God raised up Stephen to stand before these men that knew him, that he'd been associated with, and he tells them the truth. In this whole sermon. And he's going to, let me see. Next week he talks about Joseph. He used Abraham, and he talks about Joseph. What a picture of Joseph. In the providence, how that God raised him up and sent him him down to Egypt. Why does he go to Egypt? Because they're going to have to spend 400 years in Egypt. What's that going to do to Jacob? Going to break Jacob's heart. But God raised him up. Why didn't he raise him up? To save his people. See, that's what they didn't say Joseph, such a beautiful picture of Christ. They're all pictures of him. When his brothers come down, and we did, he forgave them. The second time he made himself known to them. Our Lord came the first time, they didn't recognize him. But boy, when he comes the second time, they will. Every eye's going to see him, every eye's going to behold him. I hope that's been a help.